Now that we're finally nearing the end of 2020, it's time to look into the future and see what we might expect for the world of commerce in 2021. This year, Shopify released their first annual Future of Commerce report, outlining five key predictions for what to expect next year. This week on the podcast, we're going through their predictions and giving you our perspective, and we're also highlighting some ways to kickstart the new year in good shape. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly. How can merchants leverage customer data to drive more revenue and increase retention? How can they create personalized experiences customers love? I recommend Octane AI, the leading buyer profile platform for Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants. How does it work? Octane AI features a shop quiz, Facebook Messenger and SMS, and opt-in tools. Using the shop quiz, merchants can get to know customers with interactive questions. From product recommenders to gift finders, you can learn about a customer's needs, preferences, pain points, and more. This information gets saved into buyer profiles, and you can sync your buyer profile data with your Facebook Messenger, SMS, email, and ad campaigns for personalized customer journeys. What kinds of returns can brands expect? Brands using the shop quiz have increased email signups by 16 times and driven a 28% increase in average order value. Facebook Messenger and SMS see 80 to 95% average open rates and drive up to a 20% increase in revenue. Better yet, Octane AI has plans for any size business and offers a 14-day free trial. Every plan gives you access to the shop quiz, Facebook Messenger, SMS, and opt-in tools. There are also plans available where Octane AI's experts will help you set up and optimize your tools for success. This sounds great. Where can merchants go to learn more? You can learn more, book a demo, or try it free at join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Again, that's join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Rian. How are you today? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Um, Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah to you, too. Who doesn't Thank need you. a little bit more life light in their life? <laughs> oh, I need all the light in my life, especially right now. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of light and a lot of fried foods, like two of Ugh. my absolute favorite things combined. So uh, we're what having a, a good time over here. What a yeah. treat! Yeah, we uh, we started buying all of the things that we're going to be doing for Christmas gifts this year. Um, nice. We we did like a early in the pandemic. We bought a bunch of like local goods for friends, and we just like as- assembled gift boxes or gift bags and dropped them off slash shipped them if we couldn't see them. And we we just like dropped them on their front porch and then ran away. It was a, a very early <laughs> pandemic thing to do. It was really great. But we're doing it again because it's now the holiday season and I'm really excited about what we bought. This is like reason 400 million point five why you're more organized than I am. Oh, I'm no. Like- <laughs> let, let, me, let me be clear. I was working on a Sunday and Daniel comes over and sits next to me and he's like, hey, I had this list of gifts that we're going to buy. This is what I think we're going to get. Let's go through this list together to see if I'm missing anything. Okay. Okay. Because He's okay. the organized one. <laughs> In this conversation, I'm like, I haven't bought my business partner a Christmas present yet. I haven't bought my team Christmas presents. So Josh, if, if you're, you're listening, listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I think it'll still get here by Christmas. Probably not. It's fine. Everything you is know fine. What? It's everything is fine. You have the excuse of just being like, well, you know, shipping delays. Shipping delays. It'll show up eventually. Yeah. It's not that I ordered it way too late. No, <laughs> that is not the I, reason. <laughs> I attended a virtual baby shower on Sunday, and it was my first time doing a virtual baby shower, so that was a thing. Um, And there was, like, a gift opening time, but because everything was just delivered to her house, she opened everything in advance so we wouldn't have to sit there and watch her open boxes from Amazon and stuff. Okay. Um, And somebody forgot to hit the uh, place order button, and so... Of all the people that were in attendance, I was the only one who didn't have the gift there yet. No. So speaking of not being organized. It's okay. It's okay. It arrived. 
it arrived later that day. You know what? But it just wasn't during that time. It's like a bonus present at that point. She's already amped on all the presents that she got. And she's like, ha here's another. Exactly. You know, I was just doing her a favor. (laughs) I'm going to swing it that way. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, Okay, so so today we're talking about, so Shopify put out their first annual future of commerce report, which is really beautiful and pretty. And it has some five, has some five. It has five key predictions with some sub predictions underneath there. Yeah, and I want to. I want to like dig into it a little bit because some I'm totally on board with, and some I'm like, mm, I don't know. I yeah, and I mean that's the thing to remember about predictions. Like, sure, I mean, yes, Shopify is pulling from a million stores to try to figure out what these predictions are going to look like. But did any of us predict what 2020 was going to look like when the pandemic, you know, wasn't over by Easter? No. So it, anything can anything can happen. So take these predictions with a grain of salt, but there are actually some good recommendations in here regardless. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So prediction one, young consumers will change the business landscape as e-commerce charges ahead. Thoughts? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I feel like this is a given. Um, we, you know, you have a young daughter. And she is, I feel like she's now like at the age where she, while she is using your credit card, she has <laughs> buying power to a level where she's deciding kind of what she wants. Absolutely. You know who really has been talking about at least young consumer aesthetic a lot uh, is a woman named Andrea Hernandez. And she has a Substack called Snacks Shots. Or snack shot. It's like S-N-A-X shot. Anyway, she curates all of these beautiful designs and, or not design, brands that are well branded and well designed. And something she's been talking a lot about is this return to nostalgia, 90s nostalgia and maximalism also on websites. Because recently I've been going onto sites and be like, whoa, this is a lot. But at the same time, it's really resonating. So I'd recommend everybody check out her her incredible curation work, if nothing else, if you want to see some well, well-designed well stores and some, some yeah. cool products. But the, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pre-say what my store of the week is right now. And that's Omsom. And it's a, a brand, it's like a cooking, a cuisine brand. But if you go into their store, it's kind of like really loud. It's really in your face. It's a little 90s throwback, but it works and it is selling. And also kids right now are cooking like teens and like younger teens and elder teens and whatever the general, I guess they're still Gen Z, <laughs> whatever they the are. older Gen Z's before they become millennial, before they're millennials, people are cooking it. And it's just, things are changing and people want to see something different. They're tired, hot take here of the DTC look. Yes, there is a formula for DTC, and we've all seen it. Yeah, there's like the like the certain font pairing. Like every single direct to consumer plants brand looks the same. They all look the same. They all have like a serif. Yep, muted colorways. Yep. <laughs> and for those the of you who are like muted what's DTC? natural, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, direct to consumer. There's your uh, yeah. Um, I mean it's 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 absolutely a thing, and I mean. It's important to know, like, these design, these are very, like, common design trends. Like, we go through these Mm -hmm. trends all the time in terms of designing websites. So it's nice to see the comeback of something that's literally outside the box thinking. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And especially, so the 90s are big. They've been big for a while. You know, I grew up in them. But for... So I don't, Me too, to a lesser extent. <laughs> so I don't find him all that nostalgic. Um, but I'm sure when there, we had like the 80s trend when I was in college, also my parents didn't find that very nostalgic either. So, <laughs> but, so we're seeing that as a trend in general. And dare I say I'm beginning to like it, like for myself. But I have a rule where if I wore it in high school, I won't wear it now. Okay. Yeah, I... I was trying to think of some examples of things that I wore in high school that I wouldn't wear now. Do you have some examples? Baby doll shirts. 
Oh, low rise jeans. <laughs> low rise jeans. <laughs> Sorry, true religion. You are no longer in my closet. Rip. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, overall, young consumers are changing this landscape. They have buying power. They're also on the computer all of the time. We're not expecting a return to quote normalcy for months and months, regardless of the vaccine. So they have way more screen time that they would than they would normally have, which means more time to look at products and, yeah. and to be served ads on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok. And well, and that's another thing to talk about. It TikTok. So so a few things to unpack here in terms of of targeting a younger audience. First off, shopping via social media. Mm. So TikTok, definitely a really, really great opportunity. Um, I feel like not enough brands are taking advantage of what you can do on TikTok, especially how easy it is to have one video go viral. It just takes one. Because the the algorithm is so different compared to any other social media network. Yeah, it just takes one video to go viral. And then it's money. Also, things that you should consider doing... um, Impact. Talk mm. about the impact your brand has. People are, and we'll we'll get to this a little bit later for one of the predictions, but people are wanting to have an impact on the purchases that they're making. Things like carbon uh, footprint offsetting, like uh, using uh, fully like recyclable materials, and you know all uh, things that do might cost a little bit more money, but people want to be mindful with their with their their purchasing. Yeah, I mean, Gen Z has grown up totally different than millennials. And there's a lot of millennials and Gen X and and obviously boomer store owners and beyond. Um, but realistically, I think we need to sit there when we're selling to younger consumers and think, what are the issues that matter to them the most? So... Whether that's cruelty-free if you're in skincare, cruelty-free skincare, that matters. Uh, are you offsetting? Is this a recyclable? Is this recycled? Can I recycle this in the future? This is a, a, a generation, and I don't mean to speak in broad strokes because obviously a generation is not a monolith, but uh, it's a generation that tends to care a lot more about climate change than any other generation. They are very well aware of it, and uh, they want to do something. Especially because I feel like that's been amplified in the pandemic. They're like sitting at home and they're like, we want to change things. So they're more conscious consumers. And I think millennials are fairly conscious consumers, but Gen Z really pumps it up a notch. Yeah. It's for sure. Yeah. Antidotally, my daughter's like, well, we can't buy from this brand because of X, Y, Z, 10 reasons. And it's interesting because there's this perspective and I'm like, but all your friends are buying from the brand. And she's like, I don't care. So you have these kids who are just like, nope, this is this is how it is. It's so interesting, especially because I don't have a teenage daughter learning what trends exist in like <laughs> the the next generation. Like yeah. I took way longer to learn of the existence of like the Visco Girl and the products that are associated. That's with like outdated that. now, Kelly. It's outdated now. I know. No, I know. I'm, I'm not saying like this is a recent <laughs> thing. I was just, I was late to that game. Yeah, that's fair. I have, well, my daughter was a Visco girl, which is why, why I am so well aware. But it's interesting, right? Because this generation, again, another thing Gen Z is rolling in on, skincare. Like when I was growing up, it was, I was just more, I was concerned with like acne. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking, uh, here's my 10 step skincare that I'm going <laughs> to do at night. But this ha- this is much more normalized and self-care. Is much it's more good. normalized. Yeah. It's really great. And mental health and discussing mental health is much more normalized. These kids are onto something. They're going to change the world, I think. It took us too long to catch on. So just some quick stats while I'm, well, before we move on, um, in terms of, because young consumers are changing the business landscape, but one big key part of this is a shift to shopping online mm. versus shopping in store. And obviously, we saw a big shift to shopping online with the pandemic, um, 84% of customers have shopped online since the pandemic and 65% have shopped in store and 79% of consumers say they'll shop online regularly in the next six months. And only 57% say they'll shop regularly in store. I, I'm definitely part of that. Mm-hmm. I also realized that this next, this next bullet point, um, I'm actually part of this, this 
group is 67% of younger consumers ages 18 to 34 shifted more of their spending to online shopping since the pandemic was declared compared to the 54% average. So significantly more younger people are shopping online. First of all, I'm I'm a little offended that I'm now considered an older consumer at 35, <laughs> but it's okay, Shopify. I'll forgive you this time. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is very true. And I think before... When you would shop in person, there was something a little bit ritualistic about it. It was it was fun. You got to touch the things. So now it's so important that when we're selling online, we're really mirroring the experience of shopping in person. People yeah. want that. Uh, there's a brand. It's called Ile de Nature, and they make candles. And, of course, candles are hard to sell online. And especially this is a $125 candle. So it's not a cheap candle. And so you've got to prove like, why, why am I spending this much money on a candle? And so they actually, you can get from them before you buy a scent coin to make, so you can smell the aroma of the candle. Is it not genius? Man, even like, even if you're selling $30 candles, right, which is still, you know, not cheap for a candle. Like you can pick up a cheap candle at Walmart if you really wanted to, or Bed Bath & Beyond, I guess. But like, even for the lower-ish price point candles at $30, to be able to say like, I want a set of six cent coins with the intention of only buying one candle and you get like this pack and you're like, wow, I really love three of these scents. So yeah. I'm going to buy three candles instead of one. That getting getting experiential commerce right is very difficult because we're in front of a screen. I mean, obviously there are things that we can't try things on. We can't smell things. We can't really use our senses except for our eyes. So I guess ears, if you're listening to music and deciding you want to buy an album, that counts, right? <laughs> Um, but you're not going to taste anything unless you lick the screen, which please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, it probably tastes like dirt and sadness. <laughs> tastes like your fingerprints. <laughs> tastes like my fingerprints. Please stop touching your screen. Definitely go wash your hands. It tastes like dirt and sadness. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that's why that's so important to me, which I kind of really segues into Shopify's next point, which is physical retail will transform as we know it giving local business new advantages. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? It's it's totally true. I mean, we're already, I think this year more than because of the pandemic, we have become more cognizant of the businesses that are around us locally who mm-hmm. are just struggling to stay afloat, really, because they usually depended on that foot traffic for co- going in store. And we want to keep promoting or keep these local businesses in existence, which really gives these local small businesses a leg up. People want to support independent. They want to support small. They want to support local. So not only that, but like the tools that have been created over time have just allowed us to keep supporting local business without having to risk our lives. Um, Contactless payments, Mm -hmm. curbside pickup and delivery. Like these three things have just entirely changed the way I personally shop. I don't think we're going to be back to go for, I mean, we're, so my family, because I'm immunocompromised, which I think I've talked about before, we we don't go out to restaurants. Also right now in California, we, we don't, there's, you don't leave your house. You cannot. <laughs> you literally can't. But even before when there was outdoor dining uh, as an option, we didn't do that. And, but we still try to order from local restaurants, for instance, two or three times a week. And yeah, it's more costly, but these are folks who this is their entire business. So we want to give back to the community. And actually, when you do drive down through downtown Redlands, where I live, there's a giant banner that says, eat, it says like, eat something, shop local. Hmm. And so at there, like basically no matter what path you're taking through my town, you see this banner. And I think it's really important because whether you're in a big city like New York or you're in a town of like 75,000 people like I am, it's still so important or smaller or anywhere in between. It is so important to shop small because it directly impacts your community. Don't get me wrong. I love Target like the next person. But if I can get something that I can get at Target at a 
locally owned store or an independent. If I can't get local, I will get independent. I will do my best to get independent. And I think there's been this consciousness shift in culture where folks are realizing, oh, all of these stores are owned by people in our neighborhoods. These are human beings. This isn't just a brand I leave a Yelp review on. This is this this restaurant or this boutique employs 10, 20, 30 people. If I don't support them, 10, 20, 30 people are out of a job. So I I do feel like that's one really good thing that has come out of the pandemic and will continue to be seen next year and hopefully forever is a a want and a responsibility to shop local, shop small, and shop independent. For sure. Sorry, Tarek. Not Um, sorry. Not sorry at all. Um, two resources I want to plug here. Uh, first off, earlier this year, Shopify came out with an app called Shop. It's basically just a local delivery app. Yes. And ba- the, the the logic behind this app is really cool. Um, it basically can map the orders that you've received and help you basically create like the most optimized route for delivering these orders. So, you know, you're being efficient with your time as well. Um, This is a free app. It is. So if you're offering uh, local delivery, highly recommend this app. An alternate that I definitely do like and I've used on several stores is called Store Pickup and Delivery. Yes. Um, I will link this in the show notes. It it works. It, It does everything, especially if you have multiple locations. It's really useful. It is. It is really useful. I have several friends who have pivoted out in Los Angeles, their business, one of whom we've had on it as a guest before. And they, between them all, they, they use those two apps. Those, are, those yeah. are the apps that they use. They're the ones. I love it. So just some stats to include in here. Contactless payments. Compared to the same period in 2019, the number of shops offering contactless payments on Shopify increased by 122% during the pandemic. Love to see that. Yeah. And then when it comes to pickup and delivery, for local delivery, 50% of consumers are receiving items through local delivery more often than before the pandemic was declared. Um, For buy online pickup and store or curbside pickup, 64% 64% of computer consumers are using this. I never used it before. I am using it all the time now. Absolutely. Like a click and collect type situation. I had oh, never done it before. It. Yeah, never. And now, now I depend on it. Yeah. Like, I'm not walking into a store. No. So if you can, if you don't offer curbside pickup that's entirely contactless, I'm not visiting. Right. So. Right. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah. And then 50% of customers are using a pickup point option uh, more often than since the pandemic was declared. And um, a local brewery, I, they were doing this early on. I don't know if things have changed since nothing's really shut down here anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, uh, Georgia, we have no rules. I'm just teasing. Uh, but you're right. <laughs> I'm teasing, but I'm not teasing. But this uh, this particular particular brewery, uh, it's Monday Night Brewing, they had a designated pickup point where you can order, like call mm. in, or order whatever you want, and then they just pop it right into your uh, right into your car. So you can get your your local beer. One of my local breweries has soda pops. Um, my one of my favorites has root beer. I I love it. It's like the only. I don't really. I'm not a beer drinker, but they they have these soda. They're like they have a gummy bear flavored soda pop. Ooh, I know. It's, uh, and but they serve it to you, and I, I'm just jet. By the way, uh, Kelly and I do this over Zoom as well. I'm like gesturing. It's like it's a big sized can. It's like four regular can sizes all smushed together, and that's the size it comes in. But you just do click and collect. Oh, yeah, that's handy. It, it is handy. I'm a big okay. Fan. So this next one we actually already touched on in the first one. But it is consumers want to shop independent. Businesses will adapt to make that easier. So once again, customers want to support local business. They want to support individual uh, merchants. They want to know the human behind or humans behind the brand. Um, This is something I often stress a lot uh, when when I'm doing like user experience audits. Mm -hmm. If I don't know who you are, who is running the company, or if customers don't know that, they're less likely to trust the brand if they've never purchased from you before. Um, unless you have other, you know, other factors that have really built up trust, such as like tens of thousands of reviews. 
I don't care who runs the brand. If, you know, 20,000 people like this product, I might like it as well. Right. But if you're just getting started, if you're, you know, growing, please update your About Us page and add your story on there. People want to know who is running this company. 100%. They absolutely do. If When you humanize your brand, it does a lot of things. But one is it makes people want to buy more from you. And two, if you do make a mistake or if the mistake is out of your hands, like the shipping throttle that Kelly and I have been speaking of, people are way more likely to be forgiving than if that shipping throttle is coming from somewhere, again, poor Target that I'm picking on today, than Target. Because Target, you're like, uh, you should have figured this one out. But if it's a locally owned business, there's 10 employees. No, you're much more likely to to extend some grace out, I feel like, to smaller businesses. Uh, Yeah. I don't get too many customer customer support emails from my brand, uh, Modern Geek. But when, like, In the past week, I've gotten three emails asking for shipping updates. Oh. And, you know, I uh, thankfully, I am well aware of the situation that's going on, and I have a good way of explaining what's happening. Um, But every single one of them replied back being entirely understanding of the situation, of the scenario. Like, I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) All the shipping couriers are doing the best they can as well, to be frank. So We're all just doing our best, which... It should be the official model. 2020. We're all doing our best. <laughs> We're all just doing our best. So uh, half of consumers look for independently owned businesses to support for reasons, including supporting entrepreneurship, buying unique products, and experiencing good customer service. Let's talk about that last one. Ooh. You know, when I think good customer service right now, I think of Olipop. I know we've talked about them before, but they do little things for people that are truly delightful. I was reading on Twitter the other day that somebody um, had written to Olipop saying that they really liked the the certain flavor and that their their father, who was dying, really liked it. It was the only drink that they could really drink. And Olipop sent them flowers. Aww. And it's just like, Okay, as a brand, how much time does that take? They read the feedback and they actioned on it in a kind and compassionate way with like a note. And I just thought, what what a difference maker that is. And yeah, it costs a little bit of extra money, but you know that A, it's all over social media now, and B, it was like a kind, right thing to do. And it goes above and beyond customer service expectations, and it truly does delight you. That makes me feel delighted with Olipop. Makes me want to buy Olipop. Because I'm like, this yeah. brand is rad. They care. I've been I've been very tempted to buy Olipop for quite some time now. So one of these days I'll actually You should take... probably pull the trigger. Strawberry cream is my favorite. I'm just throwing things out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to try their new flavor of blackberry vanilla. Well, no time like the present. It's also healthy for <laughs> you. Oh man, I love it's a good a, healthy healthy soda. Some, yeah. I drink I water's so boring. It's good for you, but it's boring. My my co-working space, I would do sparkling water and add citrus to it. Ooh. Like a slice of lemon, lime, or the other locations had grapefruit. And I'm really upset that our location never had grapefruit. So that is going to be on my list of requirements in order for me to come back. My front yard has grapefruit if you'd like some. Please ship me grapefruit. <laughs> I love grapefruit. So I want to continue down this this path of customer service and in in what else you can do. Um, one of the things we often talk about a lot is your shipping rates. Mm. So, okay, people want fast shipping. We're going to pretend that we're past that. We're talking twenty twenty one here, so yeah. we're going to work a little bit past the shipping get in yeah, the situation right now. Um, let's move past the holiday season. People want fast shipping. They want to know when their item's going to be received. So if you can add any kind of, I don't want to say like any kind of guarantee, but like a range of dates that your their item will arrive by, like literally write that in the, like the shipping description arrives in three to five business days or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, providing that transparency helps people decide uh, what, what to purchase or like what what shipping rate to choose. I was uh, ordering some some candles from Homesick, so I'm also giving away my <laughs> my source <laughs> shout out to. Both of us have already we've already talked about. Yeah. It. 
um, I was in, in, I get to the shipping section and there were two options. There, there are three options, but the first one was $6.99, which was like standard shipping. The second one was $7.99 for ground shipping. And then in parentheses said, choose this one for, for, uh, basically your best bet for this arriving before Christmas. Mm. So I, I just, I love that transparency. I love being able to see exactly when, when things would arrive. Um, free shipping, of course, nobody likes paying for shipping. I have turned away from so many websites just because I was wanting to buy a $10 item and I would have to pay $6 for shipping. I just, I can't, I can't math that in my head. No, because it doesn't matter. Charge me more for the product. Yeah, just charge me $15. (laughs) Yeah. And free returns. That's another big one. And it's huge for trust building too. You have to give free returns. I'm sorry. Again, we're talking ex- like trying to replicate some kind of experience online. If you are selling like apparel, please, if you can offer free returns and you can, you know, I see some, some apparel companies struggle with this for good reason. People try to game the system. Um, I've heard stories of certain Instagram influencers buying a bunch of items, posting pictures with them on Instagram mm-hmm. and then returning everything. So sketch. So you can prevent, I mean, you could say, you know, you've already returned three items in the past month in three different orders. Um, so we're going to have to start charging you for returns or whatever. I mean, you can you can set a policy there, like three strikes policy. But if you see somebody gaming the system, you don't have to keep on providing them with the, that benefit there. But for everybody else who's not going to game the system, again. most people. Most people, exactly. Most people are decent people. Um, offer, try to offer free returns. I could not agree more. Another thing pointed out in the future of commerce predictions is the uptick in adoption of conversational commerce. Yes. I am a big fan of conversational commerce in general. Yeah. Um, I feel like nothing is better than having an actual conversation with your customer. Right. I have, you know, if if you're just able to chat with their support team and you get a real person and they're like, I don't know, a normal person talking to you as opposed to like feeling very formulaic and robotic or just not having that option, it has enticed me to place an order before. Absolutely it has. I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but Cartier, which is like a huge legacy brand, they've started offering phone support to walk you through the site and to help shop with you while you're on their site. Huh. And, okay, granted, is that a step above Shopify paying 100%, but they're Cartier and they're charging like tens of thousands of dollars for stuff. So maybe yeah. they should offer a little bit more of that concierge level service. But it says something. When those legacy brands change and do something they have never done before, that means they're looking down, not down at, but they're looking to more SMB style uh, business operations and thinking, oh, they're onto something here. Yeah, I, that's, I love that. I like it too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in the market for anything from Cartier unless anyone <laughs> wants to buy it for me. But <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a cool, a cool thing. If you're interested in buying us anything from Cartier, I just send us an email and we will give you our address. <laughs> we don't live together. So you'll buy, you might have to buy two of them, but eh. who's to say? part of the game um and the last thing that they do touch on is shoppable social media so make sure you're integrating your shop into your social media um be promoting your products tag the products in your instagram and facebook posts again uh tiktok is a really great place i think instagram just updated to allow shopping within reels Ooh, so uh, that's very cool um, excited to see that. And that I don't think I've ever seen, I've never watched like a single reel in my life, except for like the little previews that show up in people's, uh, so like confusing. that's yeah. The reels activation is so confusing. I think, I think if you're gonna, okay, I'm all about shoppable reels, but I think the, the money to be made is in stories still. I agree. And now TikTok's a whole other planet. TikTok, I feel like you can put a brand placement sort of wherever in TikTok and that'll, that, that works. But Instagram people have a very specific expectation of how Instagram works and it got flipped on its head. And I don't think, or I know people aren't super excited about it. 
So I don't know how that's converting. Well, we should we should get a an Instagram ads expert on here. Hi, got him. Okay. Um, for those who are listening in, I just killed a bug that's been flying around me for the past 20 minutes. So it's a it's a good moment. Or yeah, this is staying in the podcast, by the way. Like <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for enjoying this moment with me because I feel powerful now. Anyway, number four, more consumers will vote with their wallets. I feel like we've touched on this one. We're going to touch on it again. I think yes. And I also think no. Ultimately, it's going to depend. And the reason I say that, yes, from the perspective of people really care about sustainability now, or a, a lot of people care about sustainability, not all people care about sustainability, and sourcing and ethics of business. However, depending on the economic situation in the United States and globally, that could change just because typically sustainable products cost more to yep. manufacture. Therefore, the cost gets you know pushed to the consumer. So that's where that's my only pushback. There is is that's assuming best case scenario with the economy, which I'm going to assume best case scenario with the economy. I would but, love to assume best uh, case scenario, but the reality is sustainable and green products are more expensive. They are more expensive. And and I just am concerned that people's buying power, I'm afraid we're on a bit of a credit bubble. Yeah. But that, it's hypothetical, but we're seeing people spend more and more and more on credit. Obviously, people's credit cards have caps. We're seeing people spend more and more and more on afterpay, et cetera. Those things have caps. I would, or they should if they don't. And at some point, people will have to choose the less expensive option. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But the one thing you absolutely can do now is on your website, be transparent about your brand and your practices. Yes. Like talk about where you source your products if you can. Um, Honestly, like I totally understand that products made in China are cheaper. I get it. Um, But I still like that transparency of knowing where my products are made, even if they're coming from China. Or or like Everlane does this really well. Is... They talk a lot about, okay, this is made in this factory. We do these checks, blah, 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 blah. So it's not that there is everything's made in the United States. It's not that. It's not about that. It's about making yeah. sure you're not buying a sweatshop made good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that is hopefully something that you can be transparent about. And if that is not something you can be transparent about because you are making your products or your products are coming from a sweatshop, please reevaluate your practices. Yes. I agree. I 100% agree. I just shrugged, not that you <laughs> saw. I <laughs> just shrugged. So love, we can go over some some stats here. Um, this is a, a bit of a shorter section, mm-hmm. but it's worth, worth covering anyway. Um, 53% of consumers prefer green or sustainable products. 49% of consumers... Okay, one thing I want to know with these stats is I want to know, like, I want to break it down by segments. Yeah, further. I'd love to. So like... Age group is obviously like a like a big a one. Big one. Um, spending power is a big one. Like how much you know? What is your your household income range? Like, yeah, there's definitely going to be. Can you afford these sustainable products because they are more expensive? Yeah. So things I would like to know. Forty nine percent of consumers respond positively to retailers making a donation to a cause with each purchase. This is something I'm seeing more and more on websites, and it's so easy to add to your store. Even if it's like a small percentage, I see like Motherly, for example, they have on their store, when you like view a product, it'll say uh, purchasing, when you purchase this product, Motherly will donate a dollar to this charity or will donate 85 cents to this charity, even though it's not like a significant amount. You can imagine there are many people shopping in the store. That adds up. It does. Question for you or just a thought. I think this is great. This is phenomenal. If you do this, just talk to your CPA and make sure you're doing it the right way. <laughs> when you're, yes. That, please, that, that's please, basically, yes. that's my When you're doing anything me. when it comes to, to impacting how you're spending your money, please talk to a CPA. Yeah. Especially if you're redirecting it to another. Yeah. Just, there's a lot uh, that you can get in the weeds with. So just, just make sure that you're, you're staying on the up and up there. 
For sure. And then there's just a trend of, of we've already seen this already, of, of more and more consumers choosing to shop at local or independent retailers to reduce their carbon footprint. Um, and, you know, on top of that, supporting local business, especially this year, was helping to strengthen the local economy and give back to local businesses so they can create new jobs. Um, and of course, just invest money back into your community. So, yeah, all good things. All good good things. The next big point. Modern financial solutions will disrupt business in consumer banking, finance, and lending. Thoughts? We're seeing an adoption of buy now, pay later across websites. I, It took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that it's okay to offer a buy now, pay later option. Mm-hmm. Um, because technically it's, it is very similar, uh, to a credit card, but, but it's I feel like for, APR, or at yeah. least. so in, in some cases it could be even more beneficial and just being able to split a payment four ways, for example, like, um, I can really, can, can help drive conversions. So I feel like these, these installments are absolutely a good thing to be offering on your store. And then number- if, 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 sorry, um, your average order value, it makes sense yes. to actually offer this. If your average order value is like 20 bucks, don't even think about it. If your average order value is 50 bucks, not really sure I'd do, I'd do it yet. Above that, so like once you start approaching like 80 to 100, it absolutely makes sense to start adding it in there. I concur. I concur. And, and the number of Shopify merchants who offer buy now, pay later has increased by 60% since the start of the pandemic. That is not a small number. You know, I don't offer it on my own store. Maybe. But mm, my conversion rate, or not my conversion rate, my, my AOV is a little lower. So yeah. my AOV is sitting around like 40-ish, I think. And maybe it was like around 100-ish. If it was, people buy more stuff so po- I can well, offer this option. possibly mm-hmm. they would. See, and possibly that's the double-edged sword. It does. Exactly. Exactly. And you can also add like you can you can require purchases over X amount can have this this as an option. It's not like you can offer like you can prevent customers from checking out with the buy now pay later option um, if their order is like less than 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. There we go. My last 30 day AOV was 35.54. So I would not add buy now pay later to my store. Just it does not make sense based on my price point. So in this report, Shopify talks about providing options that traditional banks don't offer, financial solutions that prioritize speed and access to capital, faster ways to pay, and more flexible payments like installments, which we've just gone over. I'm, I love faster ways to pay. I, I love the fastest way you can get in and out of the store, the better. Yeah. Frictionless. Um, Let's actually have a conversation about this. So, you know, as I mentioned, uh, we had been purchasing from multiple stores to put together these gifts for our our friends and family members. And I'm I'm just like minding my own business slash working while Daniel's placing these orders. And I just, out of nowhere, he's just like, shop pay is just so useful. Because <laughs> it is. It is, exactly. Just because... You you don't have to continue to re-enter your credit card information every single time. I will say, I got an email a couple of weeks ago from somebody who was like, hey, I bought your book, um, but I've, it's kind of creepy. I don't think you did anything wrong, but I'm curious how you had my credit card information already. Oh, because they didn't quite get that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I, you know what? If I get one email every now and then having to explain how shop pay works, worth it. I mean, I'm not, I'm a hundred percent that person where if I can't buy it through Apple Pay, Shop Pay, or PayPal, and it does not pre-fill my credit card information for some, I'm like not getting up from what I'm doing to grab my credit card. That is a lost sale. That is a abandoned cart with no hope of return. And PayPal in particular, I think is worth touching on here as well, because there are people who just don't trust entering their credit card information in a website they've never shopped on before, right? but they trust using PayPal. So highly, highly recommend offering credit card transactions through Shopify payments, enable Shop Pay, Apple Pay, Google Pay, 
offer PayPal as well. And I've actually been seeing an increase in the number of customers checking out via Amazon Pay as well. Ooh, interesting. Because I don't think I'm signed up for Amazon Pay. But I will say with PayPal today, I did check out using PayPal. And that's not my first, that's not my preferred method of checking out. But I was was like, I don't, again, I don't want to get up. Here's the three, here's an option that I can use. And I did it. And I also know it's secure because they have dual off on it. Yeah. And fraudsters right now are running around frauding. Frauding. I love it. You know, one thing that's probably worth touching on as well, this is not only from a consumer standpoint, this is from a merchant standpoint as well. Having easier access to capital to grow your business Mm -hmm. is huge. You don't have to necessarily go through the traditional banks to get a line of credit or get a loan. Shopify Capital exists for a reason. And for everybody who I've talked to who has actually taken advantage of it, it's changed their business. Yeah, I've I've heard nothing but amazing things about Shopify Capital from either friends I know on Shopify or merchants that I've met. And they've been able to increase the inventory they have on hand, or they've been able to to bridge, especially in cash flow situations, uh, which are really common in many types of businesses where your cash flow weak but revenue strong. So I I think we've talked about this before. I really like Shopify Capital. I think it's a great a great thing for merchants to have access to and to utilize. Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely want to read some of these stats just because they're kind of funny. Okay. Um, Some of them are not funny, but I just wanted to read all of them. (laughs) Buy Now, Pay Later has grown in popularity. The number of Shopify merchants who offer Buy Now, Pay Later has increased by 60% since the start of the pandemic. And now they're beta testing a a, a native integration Mm -hmm. with Buy Now, Pay Later with installment payments at checkout now. So... Um, that's going to continue to roll out. Definitely something to look into. My personal favorite stat. In the U.S., <laughs> millennial fathers are the most frequent users of buy now, pay later, particularly when spending on high-priced items like electronics. I was giving my husband the side eye from my office. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you up to? Although Daniel's not a buy now, pay later person. He's not a He's he won't buy it unless we already have the money to pay it off. So I, I think Rob is the same, but I mean we'll see at holiday if it's always hard to hide presents for me because I'm in charge of all of the money because I was a banker. <laughs> so <laughs> he'll be like, stop looking at the Amex. Stop looking. I'm like, I audit it every month. He's like, well, don't for December. Just stop. <laughs> I always know what I'm getting like way ahead of time because I see it come up on the credit card. Uh, got to do what you got to do. It's responsible. Uh, that, so. Right? It is responsible. That's what that's what I say. So some final stats here of U.S. consumers that have tried a buy now, pay later option. 41% are between 18 and 34 years old. 56% are men. And 52% have children at home. So when we're saying that the U.S. millennial fathers are the most frequent users of buy now, pay later, this they literally check all three boxes. <laughs> facts. That is so, facts. Yeah. Those were, those were fun. So I think, like, overall, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, the, the predictions that they're – nothing's, like – breaking news or or going to like change the entire landscape of commerce as we know it as we move into next year that was reserved for 2020 and i hope we don't have another year like that anytime soon no i hope never again let's not (laughs) let's not revisit this year yeah but all right you want to do some shout outs i yeah i want to do some shout outs and we both accidentally pre-shouted them out but let's do it anyways my shout out this week is Omsom, O-M-S-O-M dot com. It is, it's, their store is maximalist, and I mean that in a good way. Their branding is cool. It doesn't look like a bunch of other direct-to-consumer brands, which I really like. And it's, like, you you get what they're selling, and it's a, it's a food product. It's like you, you mix it for stir fries. I'm totally, I'm grossly underestimating <laughs> and explaining what happens, but there's recipes, there's a blog, there's a meet us on here. And I love that. And it talks about the folks who founded it and it's by it's founded by two sisters. And I just I just really like the brand. I think it's awesome. So cool. Yeah, highly recommend. 
And Kelly, what about you? So my store shout out this week is homesick, homesick.com. They sell candles and I've never actually bought a candle for myself from homesick, but I did buy two candles as gifts for people. You've never, I have like six upstairs. I have never bought one for myself. I, I recommend. You should get a Michigan one. I got, oh, she doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, my best friend from well, Michigan. she should. She, <laughs> I was texting my best friend this morning and she, or, or actually this past weekend, because we're not recording when this episode's released. Huh? Um, and she had to cancel her plans to go back home for the holidays of course, because there's a pandemic. And the last thing that she said to me was, sorry, I was making Christmas cookies and being homesick. And I immediately went to homesick.com and bought a Michigan candle for her. Bless her heart. So, yeah, this, so I will say the homesick website, it looks great, but this is what we're saying when it is a DTC website. It is very DTC. It looks great, but there is a very clear pattern for how how it's set up um but yeah i mean people rave about these candles and i have no complaints because i've never owned one before (laughs) but you like them i like them absolutely and you can also uh put a message on them now oh yeah i did not personalize these maybe i should have but i did not I I think it would be funny, and maybe this is because I have a terrible sense of humor, if you send them to your friends, but you are like, sort of, you leave sort of salty messages on them. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm not good at passive aggressive stuff, but like something passive aggressive. It'd be funny. It would be funny. Maybe. I... Yeah, I had, well, I won't get into all my ideas that I've had because I'm trying to <laughs> stay somewhat pseudo professional on this podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel where we post friendly Shopify store teardowns. Uh, we post a new video usually every Thursday unless life happens. Um, you can access those videos at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us really happy and we like to see them. And you can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.